You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Okay, Matthew eleven sixteen to 19. To what will I compare this generation? Is it like a child sitting in the marketplaces, calling out to others? We played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a funeral song, and you didn't mouth, mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, he has a demon. Yet the human one came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunk, a friend of tax collectors, sinners. Wisdom is proved to be right in her works. Okay? Matthew eleven twenty-five thirty, The Father and the Son. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have shown them to babies. Indeed, fathers, this brings you happiness. My father has handled all things over, has handed all things over to me. No one knows the father except the father and no one knows the father except the son. Sorry about that. And anyone to whom the son wants to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Thank you very much. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. God, thank you for the opportunity we've already had to worship. I pray right now that the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, would be pleasing to you. Amen. So as I was sitting there thinking, uh, uh, being shamed already for not doing the dishes this morning and feeling immense shame and guilt uh, that my poor spouse is now having probably to do the dishes, or I hope she leaves them for me when I get home because then I'll I'll, I'll feel better at least. I think it's interesting the ways in which we oftentimes in our society make things harder instead of make things easier. And that's not something new, as we literally just heard when Jesus talked. And this passage is a really interesting one. It starts off with him basically saying, hey, you can't decide what you actually want, right? He talks about children sitting in a marketplace and saying, well, you know, I did this and you didn't do what I wanted you to do. And you didn't, I played the flute and you didn't mourn. 
I think that's sometimes the way that, that we are as well, right? We want people to want and, and to believe and to experience the same things that we've experienced. And we want to just do the same things and expect people to just do them. We expect many times people to just be mind readers, right? Again, if marriage has taught me anything, is that I am a terrible mind reader. And even worse, again, when, when I'm sitting there assuming that my spouse or any of my kids know exactly what I'm thinking, I fall apart. And what I'm trying to get across, it just creates frustration and, and pain and all that. And I think oftentimes we do that for others, right? We say, well, you know, in order to, to why, you know, why aren't people just, just coming and why aren't people uh, prioritizing the same things I'm prioritizing? My gosh, if you go on social media, which we had a new social media platform uh, launched this week. If you, if you care nothing about social media and you want to be cool with the office uh, water cooler, you'd be like Threads. It's the new uh, Twitter uh, thing, and it's already causing this big stir over the last couple of days. But social media isn't good for us, right? And if you take any amount of time and go on social media, you'll find people that say, hey, you should think everything I think, and if you don't, you're a moron. And it's easy for us to look at stuff like social media, but I think we do the same things in our lives. We look at the people around us and go, I don't know how you came to this place. Why wouldn't, wouldn't just life be easier if everyone just listened to me? It would be so much easier. I bet, we're not going to raise hands on the camera and everything like that, but I bet there have been times in, in, in everyone's life where we've said, you know, I just don't know why everyone doesn't see it my way. It would be so much easier. As a parent, I do the same thing, right? You do this because I told you to, right? It becomes the simplest thing. And, and you know, and of course, having a, a preteen as well, where he goes, why? I'm like, because I said so. Deal with it. But Jesus is saying, look, you want everyone to do what you want, but then John came Right? And John didn't eat or drink, and you thought he had a demon. He wasn't good enough for you. And then I come, and I eat and drink, and you call me a glutton and a drunk. No one is ever happy with human standards. We're just not. We are quick to criticize. We are quick to just assume that everyone should see everything our way. And friends, when we live in that space of just assuming that people should do everything we do because something we find is meaningful and we assume everyone is made in the same way, we assume everyone has the same life experiences, we assume that everyone should, of course, have the same mindset that we do, we put very much unnecessary burdens and obstacles in people's lives. And that's why I think that this story pairs so well with Jesus's next statement, right? Life isn't this difficult. Our society, we as people want to make things more difficult for others and easier usually for ourselves. And Jesus turns all of that around. 
Jesus very, very much says, come to me, all of you who labor, all of you who are struggling, because my burden is easy and light. There's something powerful in that message. I think not just for those of us who are individuals who are struggling right now. And and friends, my guess is whether you're on Zoom or here in person, some of us are really struggling. We might be struggling with with the loss of a relationship or a friendship or, or maybe something's just not going the right way that we want it to go, right? Somebody doesn't see the things that we see and it hurts, For some in our area, there's dealing with financial insecurity. Inflation is still a thing. People are struggling financially. I know school's not in session right now, but I still get calls and and emails from students who are food insecure on our campus. There is real struggle still out there. And stress is just so much when it's talking about financials and money. Some people are struggling with with loneliness, right? Isolation is, I just read a news article a little bit ago about how isolation is one of the greatest epidemics right now in our society, that people do not know how to connect with others. And certainly they're not going to walk into a place and go, hey, I'm super lonely and need a friend. But that is a real burden that people are experiencing and there was just an article this week about how prayer and, and a spirituality is missing in our society. And in a society where we focus, and news organizations that focus on the negatives of religion as a whole, that will point out all the bad and get pressed to the bad actors in a particular faith tradition, it does make sense that people are like, I don't want anything to do with that. But when it's practiced in a way that is life-giving, it changes everything. Friends, as we sit back and we think through the struggles that people have, the real challenges that face our society and individuals in it, I want to say right now for us as individuals who are experiencing that, that that yes, Jesus' yoke is light. That we can pray, that we can come together as community, that we should be a place where people can say, I'm really struggling right now. And find grace and space to name that. I should be able to come and say, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling with this friendship right now. I really messed up. And not have a whole bunch of people jump on me and go, yeah, you really did mess up. But to say, yeah, that, what have you learned from that? And then let me walk with you in the midst of that. For people who might be struggling with their financial, hey, let me help you out. For people who are struggling with other things, with loneliness, maybe putting aside our preferences and going and doing things with others that maybe aren't the most exciting things for us, but we know that in serving others and loving others well, that we're doing what Jesus wants us to do. And I want to challenge us to be vulnerable with one another. But we have to create spaces and an environment where people can feel freer and experience Jesus' yoke and not the yoke of judgment 
that our society so often puts upon us. One of the things, too, that I think is really interesting when we talk about Jesus' yoke is the ways in which we, as Christians, I think for the most part unintentionally, put a big burden on others when they decide that they would like to start coming to church or being a part of the faith or figuring out who this Jesus is. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I went on a mission trip. I think I I shared that with y'all. And um, it was really interesting. So we had a group of of about 40 people in a um, space, and we went from literally zero to 100 on this mission trip with like the worship. I didn't preach because I wouldn't have done it. But we went from this space of like, hey, thanks for coming on this mission trip to, is Jesus the center of your life? And it just kept going up from there. And one of the things that I recognized was that if I were a student who came along on a trip just to serve people, I had no idea who this God was or who this Jesus was. That was a really tall order. That was a tall ask to be able to ask that. And and let me tell you, it just kept going up from there. Usually on mission trips, I've done these programs before, you kind of ease into some of things. You know, you kind of realize that there are people who may not have ever gone to church before. And we didn't experience that. And as I was sitting there and being super judgmental, I'm going to be honest, about the program and what was going on, I recognize that I oftentimes, and the church oftentimes, puts these unrealistic expectations on people. Instead of a light and easy yoke, when people first come into the faith, I think sometimes we want to drag and pull out this really heavy burden and put on people. And let me explain that. When I first became a Christian, I was probably in high school, And when that happened, I literally almost got a list of rules of what I could and could no longer do. And it was expected to be immediate, right? Like I wasn't allowed to say any bad words anymore. That was like one of the first things my youth leader told me. It was like, well, you can't curse anymore. I was like, oh, oh, well, darn it. And I didn't, you know, I did a joke, but like, but, or like, you know, you couldn't be seen uh, with somebody of the opposite gender. You know, this was back in, in the 90s, and that was some big thing that we're supposed to do. I grew up very, like, fundamentalist, evangelical uh, side. Um, and it, it was just really interesting that there's this whole list of rules of what you can and can't do, because real Christians don't do these things, right? Real Christians don't do X, Y, and Z, and you can throw a whole bunch of things out there. And certainly there are some things that we would say, hey, you know, probably shouldn't do anyway because we live in a society and and all that. But things like, well, you know, once you turn 21, you weren't allowed to to have any alcohol, uh, even in moderation. Or, you know, if, if we saw you, then we would get you in trouble and things like that. It was just, it was super weird. And looking back on that, it was a heavy burden that someone tried to put on me. And it was something I couldn't really ever live into, right? I couldn't get angry anymore at anyone, right? Like, that wasn't good. I had to go and, and do all these, this list of things. I had to arrange my schedule to go to something almost every night in college. I had to act a certain way. And it just 
wasn't always me. And I found it really restricting. And yet, when I look at Jesus in this passage, I see Jesus saying, hey, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Especially when we first come into relationship with someone. It's kind of like dating, right? Like, like I remember, so I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. I think I've shared that with you before. And then went to college. And I forgot that, like, like, girls at that time, like women, were not still in eighth grade. Like you couldn't go up and kick them in college and be like, I like you on the playground like we did in like middle school. I'm kidding. I didn't really do that. But, but there was this growth area, right, of learning, oh, okay, like people aren't in eighth grade anymore. Like I can be a normal person and be myself. I don't have to put on airs like I did in middle school or try to be super impressive. I could just be myself. And sometimes I think we need more of that in Christianity. Instead of a heavy yoke, we should be sharing about the life-giving nature of Jesus Christ. As Methodists, we believe that sanctification, this whole process of becoming more like Jesus, doesn't happen overnight. But it's a gradual process where the Holy Spirit's doing work on us. And you might be sitting here saying, Drew, that's crazy. There's supposed to be this instantaneous change. We follow Jesus and we got all the answers and we've got it going. Friends, I would tell you that's not even how Jesus did discipleship. Think back to those first disciples. They're fishing out on the Sea of Galilee, and they go, Jesus goes, come and follow me. They drop everything, and they follow Jesus. It's not until like 10 chapters later where he says, who do you say that I am? That for the first time they say, you're the Messiah. We have switched that story around so that we want someone who comes into our churches for the very first time or has any inkling of God for the very first time to declare some kind of creedal boundary of, I I believe you're the Messiah. When in reality, Jesus says, just follow me. Come and see. See that my burden is light. Come and see. And it's not because of a list of rules that we live a certain way but it's because we experience a God who loves us so much. A God who wants so much to be in relationship with us that he would choose to come to earth and die for our sins to show us the way to God, to show us the way to live. That's why we do the things we do, not the other way around. And so this morning again, You may be sitting here and saying, I am really having a really heavy time in life. I'm on pastoral care for for this week. My phone number's up on the screen. Give me a call. Let's talk about non-judgmental way. Let's have a conversation. Because I think we need more people to be able to share our burdens in life. And as we go out into the community and we share about God's love, 
I pray that we don't go out with a, with a yoke looking to judge others, but instead an invitation. You don't have to be perfect in the church. You don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. God will do that. God will work on our hearts and our minds and our experiences and not, we don't have to assume everyone else should live and do everything exactly like we do, right? Like the same things, experience the same things. Let us not be like children in the marketplace, but instead be ambassadors and servants of the God who wants to invite people into a right relationship with God. That yoke is one that our world leads so desperately. That's the yoke that Jesus offers to you, to me, and to the world. Let us be bearers of the easy and light yoke and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Amen?